podcast. My name is Amanda Fit. I am your host. Very excited to bring you today's episode. We're going to talk about protein today. All things about protein, where we are going to debunk some myths. We're going to give you some facts. I'm going to break down how much you really should be eating. We're going to talk special considerations, all the things to keep you super well versed in the protein department. But first, quick announcement for you. It is November 10th, if you are listening to this on the day that it airs. And oh my gosh, the year is almost over. This is absolutely insane. So I know you're going to be hearing a lot of noise about Black Friday, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of pre-noise right now. I am going to be having a little not a little, an awesome big Black Friday sale. So I've created an awesome package. I'm not going to tell you yet. I am announcing it closer till, but as a listener of the podcast, I just want to give you a heads up. So a couple ways to stay in the loop about this offer. First is going to be join my newsletter list. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. When you join the newsletter, you will get the quickest, most up-to-date information about that offer coming up for Black Friday. Also, follow me on Instagram. I post a lot there in addition to obviously offer information, a ton of educational content. So that is going to be another way to know as soon as the special offer becomes available as well as the discount code and all of that jazz. All right, so without any further ado, let's dive in to the topic today. So I know every time I hear protein and every time you hear protein, I'm sure the very first thing that comes to mind is muscle, like our skeletal muscle. And we always joke in our household, we so lovingly call consuming protein barotine because it's always associated with bros and gains. But in reality, more of us need to be taking protein more seriously, just as seriously as the bros out there, okay? And if you're a bro, I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but you know what? It is what it is. So obviously, protein comprises our skeletal muscles. However, it's also so super, super important and creates and makes up so many other parts and facets of our body. So just to name a few things that proteins are, or rather what things are made of protein, some of the things are going to be enzymes, for example. So when I think enzyme, I always think digestive enzymes. They are secreted by our pancreas and some other parts of our body to help us break down our food. So enzymes really help catalyze reactions. They, you know, make them happen. Super, super crucial in our body. And they're made up of protein. Hormones are another one. Many of our hormones are also made of protein. So if we're thinking hormone health, especially for my ladies out there, consuming enough protein is essential for a number of hormones in our bodies in general. Antibodies, so that's another thing that is made up of proteins. Antibodies are crucial when it comes to immunity, so we really think protein, immunity, they go hand in hand. Another function that protein serves in our body is through transport molecules. So transport molecules are essentially proteins that do just that. They transport things through your bloodstream and take the thing where it needs to go. So the first one that comes to mind when I think about transport proteins are something called transferrin. And now transferrin is what 
shuttles your iron around in your bloodstream. So it takes it from point A to point B. And if you've ever had a good iron panel, transferrin is actually something that is tested in the form of something that's called transferrin iron binding capacity or total iron binding capacity. Well, we won't go too far down that tangent there, but I'm hoping that you're getting the big full picture here that proteins have so many more functions in the body other than just skeletal muscle. They're very important, bottom line. All right, so let's dive into the nitty gritty. So the way that I'm constructing this podcast is really just based off of your listener questions. I put out a little question box on my Instagram a few weeks back and really wanted to know what you want to know about protein. And so I'm just going to go through and answer all of your questions here. And by the end of this, you are going to be an expert in the department of protein. So the very first question is how much protein should we actually be consuming? So of course, this varies based on a couple things. It varies based on your activity levels. It varies based on your age. But if you are listening to this podcast, likely you are an athlete or an active individual of some sort. So generally, this is super general. I'm going to give you some numbers here. So a general recommendation for protein that I like to see is anywhere from 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Now, if you're like, whoa, 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 lady, that was a lot of numbers, I'm going to simplify this for you. So to give you just a little frame of reference here, because I don't want you to have to do this math and conversion in your head, 100 pounds, because obviously in America we use pounds, which is so silly to weigh people, 100 pounds, just as an example to keep it easy, is about 45 kilograms. So if we were on the high end of that spectrum, the high end of that recommendation around the 2.2 grams per kilogram range, we would be looking at about 99 grams of protein per day. And remember, this is for a 100-pound person, basically the same amount of protein per day as they weigh. And so the recommendation that I like to give that's a little bit more user-friendly as far as numbers go is I like to give the recommendation of consuming around 0.8 grams to 1 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So again, in this example, if a 100-pound person, let's say, were to use this recommendation, then they should shoot for at least 80 grams of protein per day to 100 grams of protein per day. Does that kind of make sense? I hope it does. So really, we're looking for about body weight, if not just a little bit under, about 80% of your body weight you should be consuming in protein per day. Okay, I promise we're not going to be so mathy the entire time. But what I see more often than not, and what you might be thinking as you're listening to these numbers, is that many times, many, many times, people do not hit this number daily. In almost all of my clients, whether they are female, male, athletes, non-athletes, most are under-consuming protein. Most. Like, 99% of people are under consuming protein. So this is something for you to kind of assess and really think about and take a look into your own life and your own diet and see if maybe there's a little bit of more room for improvement in this department. And we're going to talk about how to do that later on. 
So as far as best practices go when consuming this protein, so you calculated how much you need, now how do you eat it throughout the day? So the best practice here is to consume your protein spread out fairly evenly throughout the entire day. And there's a reason for this. So there's been lots of studies, lots of tests done, lots of research around this. And at a maximum, in one sitting, our body can really only absorb about 40 grams of protein per sitting. So generally, if you're consuming more than 40 grams of protein per sitting, you are just gonna excrete it out. You're just gonna pee it out. You're not gonna absorb it. You're not gonna assimilate it. Our body really has a cap in how much we can absorb at any one given time. So if you think about this, you know, let's say three meals a day, if you consume at minimum 25 grams of protein for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're already at 75 grams for the day. Now, oftentimes, if you are consuming animal-based protein, you're consuming a lot more than that in one sitting. And you also want to include snacks as well in that. So if you really break it down, it's, it's not as hard as you think to really hit the recommendation of where you should be daily with your protein consumption. All right, next question. Are all protein sources created equal? No, the short answer is no. So just a little bit of information here for you. So protein is comprised of amino acids. Those are the building blocks of protein. And some sources of protein are complete, meaning they contain all nine essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. And some are incomplete meaning they do not contain one or more essential amino acid. Now, what do I mean by essential? Well, anytime that we say a nutrient is essential means that we can't make it in our bodies. So that means that we have to actually consume it from an exogenous outside source. So the same thing goes for protein. We can't make all of the amino acids that we need just on our own. So we have to be consuming them from an outside source. So when it comes to protein quality and if all sources are created equal, they are not. So animal protein, any type of animal protein is going to be complete. It's really easy. You don't really have to think about it. However, when we get into plant-based proteins, so this could be things like legumes, grains, um, seeds, nuts, those kind of things, they often do not have a complete spectrum. They are missing either one or more essential amino acids. So what we really need to do, and this is getting into a little bit more details and more recommendations here, is if you are consuming a plant-based diet or a non-animal-based diet, something that you can do is called protein combining. So really what this is doing is taking two non-complete protein sources combining them, that way you're actually getting the full spectrum of amino acids you need from multiple different sources. And you can do this in a single meal, or you can do this throughout the entire day. But really making sure you're getting a variety of non-complete protein sources is really essential if you don't have any animal products in your diet. So in that same realm, there is also something called bioavailability when it comes to protein. So if you heard me mention earlier about how much protein we can absorb in one sitting, how much protein we can absorb from a single source also depends on what it is. 
So what do I mean by this? Well, certain protein sources, we can actually absorb more than others. So I'll give you some examples. Whey protein. Whey protein, milk protein. This is one of the most bioavailable sources of protein you can find out there. You will be absorbing the majority of whey protein that you consume. So let's say you eat or drink 10 grams of whey protein, for example, you are going to absorb almost all of that protein. Almost all of the 10 grams, you're going to absorb it and you're going to assimilate it. Now, on the complete other end of the spectrum, back to our plant-based protein sources, these are going to be less bioavailable. So let's say you're consuming 25 grams of protein in a thing of quinoa, for example. You might only be absorbing 60% of that, if that. So what does that mean for my veggie people? What does that mean for my plant-based people? Your protein requirements might actually be higher, not might, they are higher than an animal-eating peer because of this concept of bioavailability. So circling back, full force here, are all protein sources created are all protein sources created equal? No, they are not. And that's okay. We just have to get creative sometimes in really determining which ones we want to consume and possibly choosing better bang for your buck protein sources as well. Okie doke. Next question, moving on. Who might need more protein? So we just kind of touched on this a little bit. There's a number of different situations or scenarios where someone might need more protein than their companion. And so we just actually touched on one of those, which would be vegetarian or vegan or plant-based athletes. So again, because of the bioavailability of the types of protein they're consuming, you often need a much higher target per day of protein than someone else. Additionally, those who are injured, so if you have an injury, if you're recovering from an injury, if you have had any type of operation, like if you're post-op, if you're healing in any sense of the word, likely your protein requirements are going to be much higher. So definitely something to keep in mind for all those uh, finger injury people, if you have a little shoulder tweak, anything, you should be upping your protein during this recovery and healing phase. Additionally, if you are someone who has a very high training schedule, so high training demand, if you are an elite athlete, if you are, especially if you are an endurance athlete, um, if you're a strength and endurance athlete, if you do it all, your protein requirement is going to be higher than maybe say someone who only gets out and does their sport two, three, four times a week. Young athletes, so youth, all of our youth out there definitely require a little bit more protein. They're still growing, they're still building. Uh, they need a higher protein requirement as well. And then finally, those who are maybe trying to lose weight or those who have a body composition goal, so maybe you're trying to lose fat, increase muscle, those situations would also require a higher protein content. Because if you remember from, I don't know, I didn't talk about it in this episode, but if you've heard me talk about protein in the past, protein is the most 
satiating macronutrient out there. So protein is going to make you feel fuller for longer and it's gonna keep you held over, quote unquote, in between meals. So if you are someone who's, again, trying to alter your body composition, feeling fuller for longer is gonna be really an important factor in that. But even if you're not trying to alter your body composition, just for all of us out there who want really balanced blood sugar, who want steady energy levels throughout the day, feeling satiated is super, super important and protein is going to provide that for us. All right, next question. This is a myth that I am very excited to debunk for you. So the question is, is it possible to eat too much protein? I've heard that protein can have negative impacts on our kidneys. So just to address the health portion of this, the kidney portion of this, there are studies out there and there's been research done on the effect of protein consumption, especially high protein consumption on the kidneys. And the jury is out on this. (laughs) If you have any type of pre-existing renal issues, so any type of issues with your kidneys in any shape or form, a high protein diet is not going to be for you. Yes, our proteins are what converts protein and breaks down amino acids um, and ammonia into urea to be excreted. So if you're having any issues with that process in any shape or form, you probably do not want to be eating a high protein diet. However, for all other folks out there who have healthy functioning kidneys and who are healthy overall, consuming protein in a normal range and a recommended range is absolutely okay and it's not going to hurt your kidneys. You are going to be a-okay. However, we talked about earlier that you can have too much in one sitting, right? We can only absorb so much, about 40 grams is the cap. So again, if you just eat more than that, you're just gonna be peeing it out. So you just kind of have expensive protein pee, essentially. All right, the next question I want to address is how about protein in regards to sports nutrition and nutrient timing? I heard from someone that eating protein before is not recommended. However, I do know that protein after a workout helps recovery. Yeah, so a lot to unpack here. This is a really, really great question. So I'll address the last part first. So yes, if you are familiar with sports nutrition in any realm, eating protein ASAP after your workout is going to be really, really essential to improve your recovery time. And this is because the consumption of protein within that window after you were using your muscles, breaking them down, exercising, um, it's going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So by consuming protein, you are going to actually be starting up that recovery process, that healing process. You'll be building new proteins and muscles. And so it's really important to deliver those amino acids needed for that process to occur. So that's the post-workout. And ideally, you want to get some protein in as soon as possible. ASAP, so if you know your meal isn't going to occur for a while or for an hour even, make sure you prioritize a protein-rich snack right after your session. Now let's talk about protein consumption before your workout. And I'm gonna actually add a little bit more in here and talk about protein consumption during your workout. So there is a lot of good research out there showing the benefits of consuming a little bit of protein 
before your workout as well as during your workout. And this is because, like I mentioned earlier, when we are training, when we're exercising, our muscles start to break down. And what we want to do by consuming a little bit of protein before and possibly even during your session, depending on what type of activity you're doing and just how long your session is, we are reducing the muscle protein degradation, but we're also supplying a little bit of fuel for energy production. So proteins, although it's not ideal, can actually be used, broken down to be used as a source of energy. And so just by providing our bodies with a little bit of those amino acids before and possibly during, again, depending on what you're doing, can really just help the recovery process as well. And one thing to note in that department is protein, again, we've talked about this before, is very satiating. So especially if you are a climber, if you are a mountain biker, or someone who's just hiking, you know, someone who's out and about doing your thing for many hours, carbs alone isn't going to cut it. So including a little bit of protein before and during your workouts can really help stabilize your blood sugar. It's going to help you stay feeling satisfied. So you're not feeling hungry and icky and gross. It's going to also prevent a a bonk or a crash of energy later on. So again, super, super valuable to have some protein before your workout, just really light sources, light lean sources, um, and possibly during as well. All right, next question is supplementing. Is it necessary slash what are some of your favorite protein supplements? So is it necessary? Well, I would say for the average athlete, probably not necessary, albeit very convenient. However, if you were one of those folks in the categories that I mentioned earlier about having increased protein requirements, whether that be because of an injury, you know, recovering, healing, you are plant-based, anything of the sort, then yes, supplementing with a high quality protein powder could be a very great way to get that protein in and really hit that requirement for the day. So I have gotten pretty picky about my protein powders over the last couple years, I will say, because many of them are filled with extra added ingredients that I'm just not really a fan of these days. So many have thickeners, sometimes they have like an emulsifier, like soy or sunflower, lecithin, lectin, I can never say that right, lectin, I don't know, sorry, sorry guys, <laughs> but um, emulsifiers are, I'm just not a fan of right now, so honestly, the one and only protein powder that I use personally at this point in time is called Be Well by Kelly Levesque. Um, it is super simple, it is a beef protein isolate, and there's like four ingredients. There's the beef protein isolate, uh, vanilla or chocolate, and it's sweetened lightly with monk fruit. So three ingredients, actually. Big fan, not sponsored, not <laughs> receiving any type of anything from them. Just genuinely really, really enjoy the flavor and the ingredients in that one. And there is a newer protein powder in the market lately that is plant-based. It is called Truvani. I've been seeing it a lot actually lately, but it's actually very tasty. And I like it because it blends a couple different plant-based protein sources. 
It's also organic, also something great to look out for in a protein powder. And if you are consuming an animal-based protein powder, powder, I highly suggest choosing organic as well, or just really ensuring that the animal that you're consuming is gonna be grass-fed, high, high quality is really what we're aiming for with these products. I also love a good collagen protein powder. Collagen is something that I supplement with almost every day. It is not a complete protein powder, so you cannot rely on it to get your full profile of essential amino acids. However, it's a super easy way to get in a couple 10 grams or so in the morning just by adding a scoop to your coffee. My favorite ones are the ones that are unflavored. So yeah, I add it to coffee. You could add it to oatmeal, dissolves in hot or cold. There's a bunch of different brands out there. Um, the one that we really like lately is either the one from Ancient Nutrition. Um, I believe that's Dr. Axe's brand. It's in like a maroon labeled canister. And Further Foods is also a really great brand as well. And if you're looking for a budget option, Costco sells Vital Proteins for like super cheap. You get a really big jar of the unflavored collagen and it's like 38 bucks and it'll last you a really long time. Um, their quality, I think, is probably mid-range. You know, they still say that their collagen is from grass-fed animals. And again, just do your research and do what aligns with your values the most. All right, last question is about BCAAs. So they asked, are BCAAs worth the hype? So I'm guessing that you are referencing to like a BCAA powder, for example. So just to give a quick explanation as to what branched chain amino acids are, there are three of them. So we are talking about leucine, isoleucine, and valine in regards to BCAAs. And they, so, okay, I'll address the supplement part last, but what they do in the body. So most of the time, most amino acids, when we consume them, they have to travel to the liver to be processed. And then they pass back through the blood, back to the muscle cells to then be converted into energy. The branch chain amino acids can actually skip that whole process and just go directly into the muscles to be converted into energy right then and there. So technically, and that's why there's a lot of research around BCAAs, is they can just be utilized very quickly. However, when it comes to supplementing with BCAAs, don't waste your money on, on, a, on a special BCAA powder. You get these branch chain amino acids in any complete protein source that you're eating. So again, this could just be your protein powder that we just talked about. They will be in there. And so to buy a complete separate BCAA supplement, I think is a waste of money. And yeah, again, just eat whole food sources of protein. If you want to supplement, choose a really good quality protein powder that's versatile that you can use for a lot of different things and yeah so that that's that that's BCAAs and to sum up both the last two questions in regards to supplementing with protein and protein powder one thing that I will say is that protein powder is also just really convenient so especially in that post-activity window when you're just trying to get your protein in to really help promote recovery and that muscle protein synthesis. Just throwing a scoop of protein powder in a shaker with some almond milk or some 
raw dairy, whatever you want to throw in there, shaking it up is just a really great way to get that in. And it's just really convenient. I also love making smoothies, especially in the non-winter months, sometimes in winter as well. But I love adding protein powder to my smoothies to really help make them more satiating, as well as just to help balance my blood sugar. So I'm not just having a smoothie filled with fruit and it's spiking my blood sugar and I'm crashing later on. So again, it's just really versatile. So you get to choose how you decide to use these supplements. It's definitely not something that you have to have every single day. I don't have protein powder every single day. However, it is just a really nice tool in your toolkit to use whenever you see fit. All right, guys. Well, those are all the questions that I have about protein. I hope this expanded your protein knowledge a bit. I hope you can see all the really various functions that protein has in the body beyond just your muscle and your broy gains. <laughs> I hope you have an idea of how much to eat. I would definitely rewind and check out those numbers again. Again, aiming for like 0.8 grams of protein per your body weight is a great place to start. I hope you have a little bit better idea on some of the myths that we debunked, how to eat your protein throughout the day, and really who needs more of it as well. So if you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you please either reach out on Instagram or you can send me an email, but I love connecting with you guys. If there's any topics that you want to dive deeper on, if you want to know more about, I am all ears. So please feel free to reach out. I will link in the show notes, just some ways to get a hold of me just so we can chat and continue the conversation. And again, if you are interested in the Black Friday sale, if you're interested in a one-on-one -on -one coaching book, one-on-one -on -one coaching package for less than $200, definitely sign up to be on my mailing list or again, follow along on Instagram because I will be announcing that the week of Black Friday, that Monday beforehand. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you are loving it, please, I would highly, highly appreciate a starred rating. So again, whether you are on Apple, Spotify, wherever you see your podcast, just drop a star or five or however many that you feel uh, this podcast deserves because again, those ratings really help tell other people that you are enjoying this podcast and they might also enjoy it as well. Have a fabulous rest of your week, and until next time.